On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we preview our Monday night matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram at Packers Podcast and Twitter at Packers Pod. And with that, let's go Pack. Third down and five. Rogers, same side. And this time, it's in the hands of Lazar. I respect the Bears. I hate the Bears. Here we go. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey, yo. What's up? Vikings week. (laughs) We want to start this with a good old shout out. Pro Bowl rosters have been released, and Aaron Rodgers and Bakhtiari have been selected for the 2020 Pro Bowl. Crosby and Zadarius Smith were both named as first alternates, and then eight other Packers are listed in one way or another as alternates. So let's start there. Are we surprised? Would we assume this is what was going to happen? Did you think there was maybe going to be somebody that jumps up in at least that second realm? Any thoughts at all? I would have traded Zadarius making it for Rodgers being first alternate. Rodgers Rogers has played well, but his stats have not been there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like He's made yeah, amazing right throws, there, yeah. but his, his box scores are not Pro Bowl level. But he's, he's he's making amazing throws. But it like I said, his box scores aren't perfect. But Zedarius has been a godsend to us. But in that pass rush position, there's so many elite guys. It's tough to say, you know, he's top two or three. I just find it very funny the year that Aaron, everybody is saying Aaron Rodgers has lost it and he's lost his way. Uh, he's still a Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, I'm so I'm so sick of the Rodgers has lost his way. He makes throws consistently. The one he made to Jake Kumaro last week, Aaron Jones before that, where he's just dropping these in a bucket behind cover two coverage. If Mahomes did that, if Lamar Jackson did that, if Tom Brady did that, ESPN would be putting in the top 10, like, look at this amazing throw. But Rodgers does it every week, and we're just like, oh, yeah, well, he does it every week, so we're not going to highlight it anymore. It's ridiculous. And that's why I understand he makes the Pro Bowl. I'm not against it. That's awesome. Um, But I feel like Zadarius could have been moved up. But maybe that's just shiny toy. He's new to us. But his statistics have panned out. He's one of the best uh, efficient pass rushers in the league. Yeah, and he's the most double-teamed pass rusher in the league, uh, so I, I really don't see how he's not first-team Pro Bowl. Yeah, I actually think our first alternates in both Z and Crosby, I'd prefer to see as the true Pro, Bowl, Pro Bowlers, because both of them have been outstanding. And Jenkins not even mentioned on the additional alternates. I think he's been absolutely outstanding as well, especially for his age. So he'll get there with due time. What about Jair? Sure. Uh, Jair is in one of the alts. So the alts are Adams, Jair, Amos, Clark, Jones, Lindsley, Preston, and Vitali. That's a solid list. Yeah, it's quite a few players. So Vitali made it from his barstool love, huh? Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, 
But the best news is, and why we this is I guess been a waste of uh, of a couple of minutes is none of these guys are gonna play in the Pro Bowl anyways because we go into the Super Bowl. We'll be busy. <laughs> so here we go, Monday night in Minnesota, Packers coming into town with a chance to absolutely steal the North and also put a little bit of distance between them and the number three seed. Uh, with that, the Vikings have found their way. And I just want to also take a moment to say the Chargers. I can't believe that this team played their best game against the Packers. I know we didn't play our best game, but they looked so atrocious against the Vikings. Then the week before that and the week before that. So screw everybody in the Chargers organization. Rivers, you couldn't have sucked for one more game. The pass rush was non-existent. It pisses me off. But with that, <laughs> Dalvin Cook, uh, breathe, all, Ryan, reports are that, all reports are that Dalvin Cook will play. Mike Zimmer said he felt real good today at practice. Um, so it doesn't seem like he will be out of the lineup. Now is that a little of showmanship? But this team definitely is a different team. I, I can't believe we did a, a Bears preview when that was game number one. And now we're doing a Vikings preview, and that was game number two. It just seems like forever ago. And both these teams, the Packers – Started the game really well, and then the Vikings found a groove, and they kind of kept that groove for the remainder of the season. So let's talk about this Packers offense. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Do you rate the Vikings as more excitement or less excitement from a rivalry perspective? I'd say less. Yeah. Oh, what? From a I, rivalry perspective? I see the Bears as, like, I respect them, but we've beaten them. 17 times in the last 21, it's not a rivalry if they're not beating us close to half the time. The Vikings are actually a decent team, and that damn foghorn they have in their stadium, if you put it on every first down, it doesn't mean anything anymore. I cannot stand the purple people eaters. I want to beat the out of them. I can't stand the Vikings. And the Bears, when the Bears win, and if it, as long as it's not against the Packers, when the Bears win, it's like, all right, whatever. Their fans are fun. When the Vikings win, it's like their fans think that they are the greatest team ever and they've never even won a championship. I get wow. more up for this game. This game defines I, I didn't know you were so passionate about yeah, the Minnesota Vikings and, game. And, and in this season, in my mind, it defines the Packers' regular season. You lose this game, it means – we're not actually that great. We couldn't beat anyone that was good when it mattered. And if you win this game, you start getting us to think, maybe we have a chance. Maybe we can put it together for three weeks straight after a bye week and make a Super Bowl run. But if you don't win this game, there's no hope in the playoffs. Because well, we, then it know, means we haven't played well against any good team in the last 10 weeks. You know, they always say it's hard to beat a team three times in a year. I think we may have to see this team again in the playoffs. So I wouldn't mind losing, you know, this one if it oh means that we get to beat them later. <laughs> I can't believe you guys are so nonchalant about the Vikings. I think, I think it is one of those things that I felt so good about the Bears coming to Lambeau to finish the season. We are so amazing against them on a normal basis. And in December, it's even, you know, more in our favor. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm not as jacked up for this game. If it was in Lambeau, I think maybe it'd be different. But the fact that we're going to Minnesota, there's some hesitation about the feelings. But I also I just hate the Bears. Like, I just hate Chicago. 
And yeah. I went to, I mean, to school just outside the Twin Cities, and I do think that there are some quality bandwagoner fans in Minnesota who I remember specifically times of them putting on like a, a Moss jersey and then them losing and not seeing the Moss jersey for the next three weeks. So like, <laughs> wait a second, what happened to the Moss jersey you were just wearing? So they are very bandwagony, and that used to rub me the wrong way. But at the end of the day, if we always beat the Bears, I always want to beat the Bears. Like that's always first priority in my book. So will we be the Vikings? And it starts with can our offense put points on the board? What are we feeling about this Packers offense heading into Minnesota? You know, I'm not quite sure what to think. You know, I'm just going to highlight the defense a little bit, the Vikings defense, and then we'll maybe get into our offense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so far this season, they're solid, but they're, they're nothing really jumps out to me on player. You know, they just play solid team defense. And our assignment sound, uh, it, you know, it, it's very hard to catch these guys out of position. Um, but I hope our offense, you know, I, I hope we attack the edges in this game um, and make them play sideline to sideline. Uh, they have uh, they're pretty weak at the corners right now at the cornerback position, um, but their linebackers and safeties are still very legit. Um, and that defensive line is is never a rollover defensive line. So it should be interesting to see what we get. Yeah, I I rewatched their game from the Chargers last week, and outside of Rivers looking like a you know a lost puppy that has just lost his way in the NFL, uh, I was not impressed with the Vikings' pass rush, and they weren't just rushing three and four the entire time. They sent some blitzes, and they weren't getting home a lot of the time. Um, so we gave up two sacks back in week two. I expect Rodgers to have some time, but that hasn't necessarily answered the question for the Packers offense of just giving Rodgers more time. That hasn't really been the solution. Um, Xavier Rhodes in week two, we were highlighting what a great lockdown corner he is and the matchup of him against Devontae is going to be fun to watch. He has not had a great year either, but the safeties from the Vikings are definitely two guys you got to respect. And it all starts with Harrison Smith. The guy's elite. He's a pro bowler. He's an all-star uh, he is just dynamite, both in the run game and the pass. Um, I, I don't know where we're going to get much offense, quite frankly. I, I think it's got to come from the run game. We just haven't shown consistency. And I'm concerned this is going to be a low-scoring game. And then if you flip it, keeping the Vikings offense to a few points might be a challenge for us. We like to give up yards. So I, I'm concerned with this game in general. And I think it all starts with it being in Minnesota instead of Green Bay. You know, you bring up us giving Aaron Rodgers a ton of time. I, I, that's another thing I want to see the Packers do. I want to see them get him outside the pocket and rolling out again. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is great on the run. He's one of the best quarterbacks when he is on the run. Um, let's 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 cut off half the field against this defense and let's see if we can get somebody coming open over the middle. I actually like our offense to work if it is going on the passing side. So according to wonderful Next Gen Stats. Rhodes is the fifth worst, and oh. Waynes is the 16th worst when it comes no. to being defenders of the pass. So with their beautiful next-gen stats talking about this percentage throw and he hits it, they had a, a completion percentage of what next-gen thought should have been 63%. It actually was 84%. So there was a 20% difference between what next-gen thought should have been a coverable ball that they let go for a reception. If this team is going to get beat, I think it has to be through the air. And if we can get going, it's going to be a huge difference maker. But the problem is exactly what Dan said is, is this offense going to put together four quarters? And I don't think it has. 
and it was put together by good old Bill Barnwell over at ESPN who said their first quarter drives end at 3.4 points per possession, which is third best in the NFL. Any other time, they drop to 16th. So they come out with scripted plays, and they do so well, and then it drops like a rock for the remainder of the game. So we have to get this passing offense going because I don't think they're that great in the secondary. And in terms of running the ball, we just need to get it into the hands of Jones as much as possible. Do you guys remember, I want to do a quick flashback and do like a Wayne's World style, like back to week two of the NFL season. I listened to our preview podcast for the Packers-Vikings game, and then I listened to our recap of the actual game. So I'll just start it with Josh at the time was excited that the Titans were 1-0, and they looked like oh, a yeah. legitimate team. Oh, no. Yeah, the Titans had <laughs> beaten kicking him when he's down. Titans <laughs> beaten the Browns. So we see how that one panned out. And that would have been a lot better like four weeks ago. Now the Titans might look legitimate again with a new quarterback. But that was a fun thing I wanted to highlight. Uh, But the Vikings were not throwing the football. Kirk Cousins had thrown it 10 times in week one. And against us, he only threw it 32 times with a 43% completion percentage. He only completed 14 of those balls. You remember the guy Garrett Bradbury? throwing lookout blocks the the title of our episode was lookout block because garrett bradbury was not adapting to the nfl well and it meant kenny clark had a heck of a game and do you remember our left guard at the time it was not elton jenkins josh lane taylor taylor we had some lane taylor issues that were coming in they were bad they were not fun to watch (laughs) but in that game, we went up 21 nothing, and I didn't remember this piece. With 14, we we're 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 seconds into the second quarter. So 14 and a half minutes left to go in the first half. We were up 21 nothing, and everyone was feeling good about that game. And then I vividly remember Dalvin Cook breaks off a 75 yard run. Tyler Lancaster mm-hmm. was out of position, got blocked out of his lane assignment. And then the whole game just pivoted, and the Vikings just slowly picked up 16 points in our offense was nowhere to be seen. So 21 nothing in the first 15 and a half minutes, and then we only won 21-16. So it left us with this dirty taste in our mouth as if we had lost the game, even though we won. And some of those reasons that the game turned, do you remember Geronimo had a dramatic fumble that turned right before halftime? Does that sound like something that we fixed? No. Does the first quarter success of the offense and then fading into oblivion in the second half sound like something we fixed? No. <laughs> I'm concerned about where this goes. It it may look exactly like week two still. Well, you know, last week our offense did have did have a rebound in the third quarter. You know, that's when we were hot this go around. So you got to give them a little credit last we week. It. We saw it once, but the other 14 weeks, not so good. Yeah, yeah, I will give you that. But I, I think maybe that is a start of something new. You know, we have seen some trends, you know, that are turning the other way. Our defense is playing more solid coverage in the past game. Yes, they're still giving up yards, but it, it's not as big of plays that are happening. Um, so I, I see what you're saying, but I, I really do think that we have grown a little as yeah. a team. You know what was interesting is as part of our recap episode, we said you know the Packers didn't send much pressure. 
they limited their mug fronts where guys were standing up and sort of deceiving the offensive line of who was rushing where. And then we limited our blitzes even. And that is not something we've been doing in the last two months even. We've been putting Zadarius and Preston on the same side. We've been putting Zadarius in the middle. We've been confusing offensive lines, and we've been blitzing extra guys. So something we did in week two was not send much of a rush. I fully expect that to change this week. Cousins is still having struggles with throwing interceptions, and he fumbled twice. He fumbled the snap twice last week. Small hand cousins. Small strike, hands, baby. Small hand cousins striking again. I expect us to create as much of a pass rush as possible because Thielen and Diggs are legitimate and could hurt us. So let's talk about that pass rush. This Green Bay Packers defense of recently, and I know that it was two games against NFC East opponents before going against the Bears, but... 13, 15, 13 points against, and if you jump back against that Carolina game, we're going to ignore the 49ers game. They gave up 16, so they are turning the tides, especially that Ben don't break uh, mentality. We'll see if Calvin Cook plays. <laughs> it seems like their backfield is absolutely yeah. decimated, but what are we feeling? I I'm intrigued on how our defense handles. One thing I saw from the Vikings last week specifically was a lot of deception from their offense. So fake tosses one way and then a quick throw to the opposite side of the field. They ran end arounds for those listeners that are Badger fans. We're all familiar with those. Get the defense going one way and then have a receiver come in motion and hand them off the ball. Multiple screen passes and they even try to flea flicker. So the Vikings offense is not beyond the concept of we will do whatever it takes to try to deceive your defense into getting some chunk yardage to turn the tides of the game. And it it reminds me of a coach, and I don't know where to place this quote from, but there was a coach, and it might have even been Nick Saban, that says, if you resort to trick plays, it tells me that you know you can't beat me straight up. And it might be something the Vikings were doing already from their offensive side, but they do enough that concerns me that our defense, while we're good at giving up yards and then stopping them in the red zone, that maybe these guys are one of the teams that can punch it in in the red zone against us. And and Josh, you've always had a faith in the Packers defense stopping the offense when it matters most, you know, from the 20 yard line in. I, I got to kind of ask you while we're recording, why do you think that and do you think it can stay against these better teams we're going to be facing in the next month? I, I, I think for sure it can stay. Um, uh, the Packers are one of the best teams, I think top five in the red zone right now. Um, and a big reason that I believe it is is because how the safeties play in those situations. Those safeties, uh, both Amos and Savage, can cover ground unlike most safeties in the NFL. Uh, sometimes it's just one of them back there that literally is playing zone over the whole entire field and just has his eyes on the quarterback and is going where he goes. Um, and then the other reason we're good in the red zone is the pass rush. Uh, all you have to do is let the Smith brothers go and they go and they get there. Uh, if they don't get the sack, they get pressure. Uh, there's very few times in the red zone where we allow a quarterback to have time and have a chance to even get to a second or th- third look um, in their read scheme. I do worry about this Vikings offense. Uh, I, I, you look at Cousins, and I think in my mind I go, eh, he's fine. But he has 60 less attempts than Rodgers, but has more yards, more touchdowns, and only three more interceptions. 
Dalvin Cook's a beast. We'll see what he brings to the table. Stephon Diggs, for as disgruntled as he started the season, he has about the same number of receptions as Devontae Adams, but is going for nearly 300 more yards and a touchdown. It's just it's it's one of those things that they have good players at all position, and even the guys that step up in these roles uh, that are third or fourth string at the start of the season have performed. I I just I worry. I, I know that the the gimmicks. I think that happens to be a Mike Zimmer thing where he just gets a little crazy. He gets a little Riverboat Ron like. But I worry that if this offense gets going early and our offense can't, this will be a very, very long game. Yeah, you said it right with their stats right there. They live and die by the big play. Uh, Stefan Diggs averaging way over what Adams averages, same catches. Uh, Kirk Cousins way over what Rodgers averages per uh, pass attempt. Um, so you can see that they live and die by the big play, and that's what, that's what it's going to be. If, do we hold them to where Dalvin cook doesn't get that 75 yard run to get them back into the game uh, or Stefan Diggs on uh, Kevin King. Will he get turned around as long as those things don't happen? I think this game is very much within our reach though. Do you guys feel like the defense should come in with the same game plan we had against the bears, especially considering Dalvin cook. If he plays, he's not going to be the same guy. I, yes. I, I, I highly doubt he's, he's a hundred percent Dalvin cook. So control the run and i know we say that every week but when you have a limited delvin cook then this team doesn't have much of a running game and maybe you let Diggs and thielen not let but maybe Diggs and thielen both end up with 100 yards but it's between the 20s and we end up giving up 15 points and you take that right i mean this is an offense that can put up 40 but if you got to injure delvin cook and control the run make Kirk cousins throw four touchdowns against you i'd don't think that would happen against us. He hasn't shown the ability to do that consistently. Uh, the one thing I guess that scares me is they've been involving Kyle Rudolph, their tight end, a lot more in the last four or five weeks than they had in the start of the year. And and we all know our tight end troubles. Uh, Kyle Rudolph's athletic enough to still burn us for a good 80 to 100 yards. It, this might be the return of the tight end against Green Bay. Nope, nope, don't curse us. It's not <laughs> happening. It's not happening. Uh, wait for the score prediction. I think I'm going to curse us. <laughs> and something I did want to bring up is we even talked about it a few times that I don't think Lambeau Field is as big of a home advantage as we had hoped. For the Minnesota Vikings, if you include this year and the last two years combined, they've lost at home four times. That's it. They are solid at home. They Roger find a, struggles up. They there, find a way to win. I'll give them credit. They're bandwagoner fa- fans, but they are loud, and that building does get going. And if we were struggling to get on the same page against the Giants and Washington and Chicago in quiet stadiums and at home, <sighs> that's what I'm saying. Ed, if we lose this game, we're bringing back the Chargers, the 49ers' memories, and we're saying we can't compete against a good team. And Rodgers hasn't always looked good in the Minneapolis Dome. On the other side, if we win this game, we're going to say maybe we figured out some of our issues just don't make us fly to the West Coast, and we'd be in a prime position of having at least one or two games in Green Bay. So we might not get the one seed, and we can flush that out next week, uh, but at least we would have a bye week and then a game in Green Bay. If we lose this game, I'm going to be very down on our chances in the playoffs. I, I think it all rides on this week, and we knew that you know, two, three weeks ago. We knew that was what was going to be hinging on this game. 
I want to throw this in there because I think somebody on on Packers Twitter threw it out there. What would have to happen for the remainder of this season for you to consider, wow, this was a, a great season? What would we need to do? I'm already there. Are you guys not? I thought it was interesting because the least voted on uh, result was just winning the North. If we win the North, we have considered this a win of a season and we're good to go. I I, I think I'm floating between like if we can get a third seed and potentially one playoff win, this is beyond all expectations. It's beyond all expectations, but now that we're here, you expect more. Uh, yes, at the beginning of the season, yeah. they have they have eclipsed our expectations from what everybody thought we'd do at the beginning of the season. Eleven, 11 and five at worst, we yeah. would all have been so happy. Yeah, but when you have Aaron Rodgers and you're in the playoffs – you can't take that for granted. And if we don't get at least one win with Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, it will it will feel like a lost season. Yeah, yet again. I, I've been saying that for a month. We need one win in the playoffs. And I don't care if that's wild card or divisional round. One win in the playoffs, I'm happy. It'll sting when we lose the next game. I, I still don't see us as a Super Bowl team. But, I, yeah, I'll agree you look back on this season, you know, five years from now, and you'll say Matt LaFleur was the winningest first-year head coach in Green Bay Packer history. That must have been a successful season. But in the moment, you're going to need one playoff win for this year to feel good. Yeah. So our official, unofficial bookie, Bavada, has not changed, even though Cooks has been iffy at best. It is Vikings by 4.5, over, under, at 45.5. So predictions... MVP, who's coming out victorious on Monday night? Go ahead, Finn. You you go first. I don't know if you want me to do that. <laughs> so the Packers could win uh, if they had shown any consistency in their offense. I would pick them to win. If the game was in Lambeau, I might pick them to win. But I'm going to be the Debbie Downer, and I just haven't seen enough to bet on the Packers here. I think the spread is um, pretty close to what I'm expecting here. I'm going to go Vikings 24-20, and it pains me to say that. Uh, but, you know, looking back, I think I think that's what I got to do. In the heart of the moment, you know, five minutes before kickoff come Monday night, I'm going to be totally jacked up. I'm going to actually be back in the state of Wisconsin for the holidays. I'm sure I'll be at a bar in Milwaukee or Waukesha and – be thinking the Packers are going to win 40 to nothing, but I got Vikings 24, 20. Um, I just don't think we have enough consistency to put up points. Uh, and our MVP, I guess if I still have to pick one is going to be Kenny Clark. I, uh, Bradbury has uh, solidified his game a little bit as a rookie, uh, but in week two, they were doubling him quite a bit and he still caused a lot of damage. Um, if we're going to stop the run game and make sure that Kirk cousins has to beat us, it's, and we know the Smith brothers are good, but Kenny Clark's going to have to continue his dominance he's had for the last two weeks. So he's going to be have to he's going to have to be our MVP. Man, man, that's rough. Uh, I know. I, I, I didn't I, well, we're going to cheer go it up here. We're going to cheer it up here a little bit. You know, I have the Packers winning. I have us doing the upset, uh, winning twenty-seven to twenty-four. Um, I see the offense actually getting a few big big plays in this one uh, through the air and on the ground. Um, Aaron Jones, last time we played the Vikings, had a field day. Um, I, I would expect to see the same thing, especially with how our offensive line is playing. 
Um, and I also think our defense comes up big. The Minnesota Vikings are pretty good in the turnover battle, just like the Packers. But I think our defense comes up big again with uh, some fum- forced fumbles and hopefully one interception. Um, but MVP, I'm going to go way out there because I'm going to wish this. I'm, I'm going to pick the second wide receiver into fruition here. Jake Kumro is going to be the MVP. Oh, you heard it from the coach's oh, mouth. Nah, he wants man. to see more Kumro. I think he gets line? 90 yards, five oh, catches, God. one touchdown. Oh my God. Four so he gets 90 four. yards and then Rogers overall goes for 197. So he gets 90 yards in the first quarter, and then we know <laughs> no, 243 Rogers is getting 243. <laughs> Josh, you are wild. Broken record. What about Jair's two drop picks in week two? If, if I, could just pull I had, I had him as the MVP Jair oh, needs the MVP because of exactly that. We need him to perform the, uh, even if, if cooks plays, I don't think, will be in a position of, of complete struggle. Yeah, he might have some big runs and stuff like that, but I do think our, our run defense has greatly improved. Thank you, Kenny Clark. I, I'm okay with that. My worry is the secondary cutting off a route too short as the guy is going the opposite way. Like I just I worry. I have flashbacks of all those bad secondary moments throughout the season, and this is a team you cannot do it against between Rudolph uh, feeling digs. It's just, they're too many weapons and Kirk cousins has actually been paying pretty damn well, but catch the ball when Kirk throws it to you secondary, please. He's going to do it. Just catch it this week. There's part of me that wants to believe that the Packers have an amazing first quarter, a couple of three and outs on defense, the offense gets going and it ends up being one of those games where they just hold on for dear life. The whole remainder of it. I, I, I just, I think I'm in agreement with Dan. It's on the road, and that's what worries me. I think I'm going to say 27 to 17. I think it's just one of those where it's just like, damn. It wasn't a bad game. It's a little bit of like a fourth quarter. Uh, We're always within a touchdown. It's just an extra or uh, three little field goal at the end that kind of puts it away for good. But I just, damn. If that that happens, if that happens, I don't think we win a playoff game. That, that, That will break my heart. I, we can dissect that if that happens. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think if we lose to the Vikings in a bad fashion, I don't have much hope. The NFC teams are stacked unless we somehow get matched up against the Cowboys. Uh, but can we mention really fast, Ryan, since you called Jair your MVP, we were texting about this during last week's game. Jair is getting to a level where you cannot throw a screen pass oh, to his side. Mm-hmm. That guy comes in, blows up the block, and makes the tackle every time you try it. And I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he's coached to do it, and I don't know how he's playing so perfect on screen passes. But he fights through a block and makes a tackle behind the line of scrimmage every time. He did it twice again last week. Why are teams still trying to throw screen passes to his side? Yeah, absolutely unbelievable, and we need more of it with a little extra turnover help on the back end, but that will do it for this week. Please get that. Please, 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 baby Jesus. Give us the Christmas miracle and win one in Minnesota. Thanks everybody. Go pack. Go.